This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Austin Real Estate Investing. This is Jordan Moorhead. Today I have Andres Bustamante, who is going to talk to us about his experience investing in real estate in Austin, Texas. How's it going, Andres? I'm good, Jordan. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's great to have you. I'm glad you're here. So, Andres, just before we get started here, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and how are you involved with real estate investing in Austin? Of course, of course. So I got to Austin when I was 19, started school at the University of Texas at Austin, and I'd been doing real estate there ever since I was 19 as a freshman. Um, all the money I got in leasing and whatnot, I used that to pay for my university and housing, which was great. And then I saw the opportunities that real estate offered. I joined a team when I graduated college. And um, I mean, I've been doing the real estate investor side of it now. I actually got a house hack in February and I'm very excited for that. Awesome. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your leasing experience in Austin. I know for everybody listening to this, they may not be from Texas or Austin. And that's something a little different that Texas has going than other areas where real estate agents actually do the leasing. And you know, I, I know you've had some great success doing that. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about it. Oh yeah, of course. So I mean, for me, the leasing aspect of it, Really, at first, I was like, you know what? I need to get some money. I actually was going to be a lifeguard at first. <laughs> and then I I realized that I, I uh, needed to get my recertification for that. So one of my buddies told me about real estate. They thought I'd be a good fit. And I started doing that leasing side. A lot of the students at UT Austin were my clients. I also played on the soccer team. So they were also my clients. And from there, it was a lot of referrals with the leasing side. It was actually very easy. I would take the clients to an apartment. And then if it was an apartment complex, the people at the office would take care of them. I would follow them around and ask the questions for them. <laughs> and with a condo, I would have to grab the keys and show the condo, which had students in it typically. So it was pretty funny to see students inside of there and all, you know. Kind of see how everybody's living. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So obviously you've been in Austin since college. Um, you know, you really had your choice of where to go or what to do after that. Why do you choose to work and live in Austin still? So first off, I love the city. Ever since I got to the city of Austin, I love the fact that it's just so green. There's a lot to do. There's green belt. You can go running around there. It's like your own forest in a city, which is amazing. Then there's also Barton Creek. There's a lot to do over there. The live music is also amazing for me. I miss it right now a lot, <laughs> but hopefully we'll get to see that sooner rather than later. And I mean, just the growth in general, it's, it speaks volumes that Tesla came here and also that Apple invested a billion in a campus. So, I mean, it's not only me that's coming. There's about 100 people coming on a daily basis here to the city of Austin. Yeah, no, it's amazing the growth we've got going on. And I think you mentioned something interesting. A lot of people think 
Texas, and in their heads they have desert. They think, oh, there's going to be just dust and cactuses everywhere, sand. But Austin is nothing like that at all. We've got you know, a tremendous amount of trees, lots of water features. And it's just a very lush environment. So I, I like that you mentioned that because, you know, I talk to people from all over the place. Well, isn't it flat and dusty there? No, not at all. Yeah, there's so, there. I mean, there's just so much green to it. It was obviously the job opportunity and also that I, I went to UT Austin. Mm-hmm. But I mean, those four years were great. There's also a, a football team and a soccer team coming. So that's also one of the reasons that I am just so excited to stay here full time. Yeah, they're almost done with that stadium construction for the soccer team. This is Austin Bulls, correct? The Austin FC. Austin Bold is a USL. Then Austin FC is going to be the MLS, the Major League Soccer. So that's like the first division. Okay. Awesome. So, Andres, what attracted you to real estate investing? Obviously, Austin's a hot market and you know everybody wants to know how you're doing it or, or why you're doing it. So, the, my main attraction, to tell you the truth, is <laughs> I feel like everyone says this, but... I did read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> and mm-hmm. That yeah. was my initial kind of dive into the investing aspect because when I was doing leasing, I wanted to do commercial real estate and I had several internships in Houston with the commercial side. But then I decided that building my my portfolio and just the aspect of financial freedom, like in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, getting out of the rat race was so enticing and attractive right out of college that I decided to stick with that and start off with um, with the fastest way to get a return on investment. So that was house hacking and getting a house as an owner occupant with a very low, low down payment. The aspect of it, like you asked me, what attracted me was financial freedom, not having to work for anyone, being able to travel whenever I wanted and just the luxury of deciding to do whatever I want, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think most people that get into real estate investing want some sort of financial freedom, whether it's time freedom or location freedom or just more control over their lives. And that's what I see over and over again is that it's, hey, I don't want somebody else to tell me what I have to do and where I have to do it. Oh, of course. That's just a huge luxury that I'm very excited to reach hopefully soon. Yeah, and house hacking will help you get there. So, Andres, if, could you tell us about your worst deal or, or maybe just bad mistakes you've seen that you would say, hey, don't do this or don't do that with a real estate transaction? Of course, for sure. So, on this, a lot of people have asked me beforehand. It's like, hey, I mean, do the numbers have to make sense? Is that the biggest thing? And essentially, I mean, it, it is for sure. Your numbers have to make sense regardless of how much you like the property. If you're thinking of house hacking one year and then the year thereafter and the year thereafter. So one of my experiences with a client of mine was helping him get a fourplex in the 78704 zip code. Fourplex, beautiful fourplex. And we got under contract for that. It's right next to St. Edwards. Each unit was renting for about 1250 so that's around 4,800 overall of rents once, once my client would have moved, what moves out. And we got under contract. 
Obviously, you need your inspection to be done once you get under contract. And what that means is that you hire someone to look over any potential deficiencies. And our inspector did that. And he came back to us. It's like, hey, you guys need to check your HVAC. You need to check your electricity, your plumbing. It seems like there's problems. So what I did is I hired an, a professional HVAC person, electrician, and plumber. And we, we found out that the total out of pocket was going to have to be like around 8,500 or 9,000. So my client was like, I mean, I really love this property and I feel like it's still a great deal. So we had to backtrack a little and be like, let's look at your ROI. Your ROI isn't looking great if you have to put 9,000 out of your pocket. So the ROI is your return on investment. And that's huge when it comes to house hacking and Thankfully, I was able to negotiate 10000 in closing costs. So my client was able to put that to work once we close on the property. And it just goes to show that if you don't do your due diligence on a house hack, it can really break you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you think you brought up some really important points there. And I like that you're talking about it's really all about the numbers. But, you know, you found ways to be creative when, when problems arose. So. It's my experience that there's always a creative solution, or really there's just always a solution to any problem you come in contact with. There's never, hey, you can't do this. And I talk to a lot of people that are very overly conservative when they're looking at properties before they've gone through the inspections or or found any issues. And they say, hey, but what if, what if, what if? And if you keep playing the what if game, you're never going to find out what if I ask for $10,000 in concessions and, and fix the problem that way. You know, like you just pointed out, where there's a will, there's a way. There's always a solution. And that could have been a, a bad deal for the guy if you hadn't gotten the $10,000 in credit there. So I think it's important that everybody listening always thinks about, hey, there are potential problems out there. We don't know what they're going to be until they come up. But like Andres, what, what you mentioned is you guys took care of it and a little bit. So he was going to have to put whatever $8,000 in. You got him $10,000. So not only did you take care of his problem, yeah. you even made it a better deal for him. That's awesome. Yeah, that was very exciting. And one thing to note as well, he was fine with 5000 Thankfully, we got 10000 But the reason is you always have to look at it with this perspective when it comes to house hacking. You might... If you're the ideal, the ideal house hack is cash flowing and that's great. But at the same time, what's your net worth return on investment? And what that means is what you're making with your cash flow. If you're making any cash flow, your principal loan pay down. And then also when you're looking at it this way is your rent savings. So what would you have paid over a year that you're not paying anymore? And now you're building equity. So a lot of people are telling me, it's like, Hey, I want to wait another year for a house hack. And then I ask them, so where are you living right now? And they're like, I'm renting. So I'm like, okay. So if you're looking at a house hack, you're saving up money, saving up money that you would be paying on rent over a year. You're getting that cash flow. You're having your tenants pay down your loan. And then this is the big and then, which is a bonus. I don't really include it on the return on investment is appreciation. And all the indicators in Austin are showing that that's not going to be going down anytime soon. 
So it's just a huge bonus if you can get that appreciation on your ROI. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big deal. You know, you pointed out, hey, where are you living now? What are you paying there? If you could pay a couple hundred bucks a month to live rather than paying the $1,500 a month to live that you're spending, it might save $12,000 $15,000 a year. That's a big deal. Not only that, but you also get that, that loan pay down. You know, you've got sort of a forced savings account going there. And at the same time, you do get the, there is a small mortgage interest deduction. So you save a little bit of money on taxes due to paying the mortgage that your forced savings account that your tenants are paying. So it's just so awesome in every way. Oh, I, I agree 100%. It's probably the best way to get started in real estate investing. I mean, any time right out of college for me was the perfect way. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think everybody should look into house hacking and really exhaust every way you can do it. There's almost no reason you can't do it. There's just excuses in everybody's head. It's all oh, I have kids. I know lots of people with kids that have house hacked. And it's all, oh, you know, I've got a girlfriend or a wife. You know, absolutely, you can do it. In fact, I'm in my girlfriend's house hack right now. Um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it, it just got to figure out why for you you know what's your why you know and i think you talked about your why is not having anybody else have to tell you what to do i think that's an awesome why so you know let's talk about your house hacks real quick i know we talked before we were on the air here so you have single family house hacks that are new builds um what attracts you to new build single families more than everything else that's out there for me, the what attracted me to these new builds was the fact that it's completely new and I'm going to be the first person to ever be living there, you know? So, I mean, that was huge. My house, when I got under contract for it in February, it was just a plot of land. So, I yeah, I wasn't even able to see the house, but I knew the floor plan was great. It's a four bedroom by three and a half bathrooms. And then also the fact that there's typically there's a 10 to one warranty on that. And the one stands for one year of worksmanship that say, for example, my cabinet is not um, opening correctly. I can set, submit a warranty request to the builder and they fix that. It, it depends on what builder, but this for, for my, for my new build, that was the case. Then the two is for HVAC electrician plumbing warranty and then the 10, which is a 10 year warranty for the structural. So I found that very enticing. Yeah. And then, I mean, also the fact that just everyone around, around me, all of my neighbors and all, you know, I would get to meet them all because we were all coming in at the same time. So that, that was pretty interesting. And I mean, I, I love my house. I saw the specs on that and I could kind of, tailored down that process. There was a design center and whatnot. You get to choose the finishes. So that's always great. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's, especially for your first house and also a house hack, you get to sort of design what's going on there. And you mentioned that 10 one warranty. I think that's a big load off your mind for capital expense. So for, it sounds like for at least three years, pretty much any capital expense, you major capital expense you have should be taken care of. And then beyond that, for 10 years, any structural defects that pop up, they're going to come take care of. 
Exactly. And and one thing that I, I really did love that typically on your resales, you might get a warranty whenever you get a home, a part of the contract, you can put a warranty there. But sometimes you don't get that, you know, it's all about the negotiation. So with your builders right off the bat, you can ask them what warranties do you guys offer? And they offer that one. And I really like that. So right off the bat, I knew it was a great deal and this made it an even better deal. Yeah, that's pretty sweet to not have any worries for the first couple of years, especially when you're just getting started house hacking or, you know, getting out of college to have that all taken care of is awesome. Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. So what's one thing you think newer house hackers should know? So obviously you're house hacking. Um, you said you're, you're moving into your second house hack here in the next six months or so? Correct. I uh, got under contract for a house and typically you, well, I mean, you do have to be an owner occupant in order to take advantage of the low down payment. What mm -hmm. that means is living in the home for a year. So what I did, I've been living in this house hack for six months, five months. And I've been seeing as a realtor and a real estate investor, I've been seeing the prices go up so much in Austin. So I spoke with a builder and they allowed me to go under contract for another home, lock the price. And since this home won't be completed until May, I was able to get that under contract and then move into that house after I'm done with my first house, my first year, and then rent it out to, to, to other, other tenants. That's awesome. So you have your next house hack lined up, you know, the, the rules saying, Hey, you have to live in each of them for a year. You said, okay, that's fine. I'll just find a house that I can buy. Let's be creative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And let's come back to that being creative. You know, there's always a way. You just have to figure out how and how you're going to make it work. So I think that's awesome. Exactly. Um, what would you tell somebody that's looking into getting into house hacking, say, in the next three to six months? Like you said, prices are going up. But uh, personally, I don't think it's ever a bad time to house hack. But what, what would your best advice be for a newer investor? I would definitely say to listen to podcasts like yours, read as much as you can, anything you can, join a mastermind, join any group that will push you outside of your norm, because there's a lot of people that are always scared through analysis paralysis. And I mean, it's very real analysis paralysis, especially when it comes to buying a home, because um, it's just a, a very big step. And one thing I would say with that is, very much so to narrow down your niche. That's one advice I would, that's some advice I would have because a lot of people are just all over the place. For example, I have some house hackers that want to get a home, but they don't know what areas of Austin and they don't know if they want to do a three bed or a four bed. So it's very much so narrowing down your niche to the point where if you find something, you're going to know it works because you already know all your numbers within the first five minutes of looking at it. So having that narrowed down is crucial. Absolutely. So I guess that's uh, another important fact you brought up is you need to know your areas. So why did you choose the areas you're in? Can you talk a little about where you are and, and why you've chosen those? Of course. So I chose the Northeast area. Pioneer Hills is a builder because of the fact that there's a lot going 
up around this area. I mean, the domain is like eight minutes away, the Austin FC stadium as well. And then there's a lot of uh, mixed use areas that are coming up around the Pflugerville and Austin area. It's going to be huge. A lot of acreage over there, plenty of apartment complexes that are coming around that area as well. And I mean, we've seen the growth in the Mueller area in the east side of Austin to the point where it's just, <laughs> it's it's become pretty expensive. And the fact that it's becoming pretty expensive over there means that people are going outside of that area and into the surrounding areas, which is around that northeast area that I'm going to be living in. So that's one of those reasons that I I bought a house there. And also the the commute I-35 is very close by, 290 as well. So that's very important when you're looking for tenants. And also one thing that's very important when looking for tenants is what um what type of industry is there over there? So Samsung is actually very close to where I live. And that's like, I would say two miles away. So I'm going to be looking at potentially getting tenants from Samsung because they employ a lot of people in that Parmer area in Austin. Oh, yeah. So where's your second one? My second one is at Southeast Austin. So I got one Northeast and one Southeast. And the reason I got it there is because we're seeing a lot of growth on the East side, especially in Austin. I feel like the West has already experienced a lot. And now the East is experiencing a lot of growth. So the reason I got it Southeast first off was because it's a new build and I had that primary residence opportunity, but also because of the fact that South Park Meadows the mall area is very close by like a mile or two away. There's also Goodnight Ranch, which are homes that are being built around that area. And then Easton Park, which is a huge community in East Southeast Austin that has around seven to 10 builders. So what that means is that there's phases in each part of Easton Park that has a different builder for each phase. And they're building new homes on, I believe... I think it's like four miles of land or more. I'm not very sure, but it's 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 pretty big. And they're going they're they're all new builds. So there's a lot of people buying and they have wait lists, so it's very high in demand around that area. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think high demand everywhere. But you know, like you mentioned, east of thirty-five is developing more rapidly because there's just land out there, it's cheaper area to be in. You know, if you're building that same house on the west side of town, I think you'd probably tack two oh, or three wow. grand on. Yeah, that'd be insane. Yeah. And also sure. Tesla came in that east side. So the Del Valle ISD, I've been seeing a lot of investors buying that ISD because Tesla came in there and that just skyrocketed a lot of the home sales around that area. Absolutely. Yeah. Huge, huge growth over there. Not to mention Tesla. There's going to be all the people that tag along and follow Tesla around because they want to do business with Tesla. So um, I don't know. I personally don't think you can really go wrong. But yeah, for like you're saying, in the areas you're hitting east of 35 seems to be the faster growth areas in Austin right now. So smart stuff. I 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, obviously you're you're investing there so you know yeah if not yeah i don't think i'd be buying if i didn't agree (laughs) yeah you know and i think that's important you're putting your money where your mouth is so you're not just saying hey this is where you go that's where you're spending your money so that's really cool so 
Andres, what's your best mindset advice for somebody that may be looking to get into real estate investing or just pursuing that financial independence route? I I am such a big uh, proponent on on um, mindset, and for me, some some recommendations I would say just in general is have affirmations every morning. I wake up in the morning, and I first thing in the morning I do is write three things I'm grateful for. And then I exercise, I read affirmations and visualize. And that has helped me out so much with, with mindset, just in general, being positive. That's helped me out a lot. I, I can't stress enough how important mindset is. If you believe in something and you visualize it and you work hard for it, you will get there. It's, it's insane how, I don't know how in college we don't really learn as much about this, but I've read a lot of books on mindset and it's just so important to anything in life. And with real estate investing, if you put your mind to it, you'll get there. If you work hard as well, obviously. That's awesome. Yeah. I do a very similar morning routine. Have you read the miracle morning perhaps? That's my favorite book. That's the book that changed my life. And I'm not joking. I do the savers every morning. If I don't do them, what the savers for people that don't know, it's a routine that kind of gets you in the groove for the morning. So say wake up at five in the morning, you write down, you scribe, and then affirmations, visualizing, exercise, reading, which is huge. I love reading. So I read every morning. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other S savers. What was the other S? I forgot. Silence. Si- oh, meditating. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I changed the, I changed the acronym a little but Yeah. They're on the same. I have trouble myself remembering them and I'll try to list them all to make sure I've done them all. Um, so, but absolutely. It's a big life changer getting up in the morning and just taking some time for you in the beginning part of the day can help change your mindset in the way you look at things. And when you come into problems, I'm sure you you experience the same thing. There's problems with real estate investing or our day jobs and you're just in a better mindset to deal with them. So you can move forward easier when you have that, that building block in the morning or that base that you set for yourself in the morning. Yes. That's probably the, the thing, the best way for me to, to start my day and just in general to be in a good mood and if anyone would ask me what's, I don't know, how have you, I have two homes, so hopefully I'm going to be getting more. And if anyone would ask, like, how did you do it? I would say starting off with my morning routine <laughs> and it's being very honest with you because that's what, that's one of the main reasons that I've been able to do what I'm doing and just have a smile on my face when I do it in general. Absolutely. And you said your brother is actually getting into house hacking too. So you've had an effect on other family members. Correct. Actually, my, all of my roommates are getting house hacks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm helping all of them, which is pretty funny. They, they saw firsthand the, the, um, the greatness of house hacking and financial independence. So all of them are getting house hacks, which is very funny. So you got to find some new roommates here soon, huh? Yeah, exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be working on them. I was very happy they got their house hacks and I was like, oh shoot, I have to get some new roommates now after they, they close on their homes with me. 
Well, you could be a revolving door for, for potential house hackers. They move in and they decide that it's a great idea and you can help them get out and make a huge difference in their life. So that's awesome. You know, hopefully oh, yeah. you have a new roommate every year or a new set of roommates. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's definitely the plan. I mean, if um if if what they're earning and, and all of uh if, if their mindset allows them to get a house hack and they don't get stuck with analysis paralysis. 100%. Yeah, analysis paralysis. And, you know, hopefully if they're in a house hack living as a roommate with you, they're not letting the lifestyle creep get a hold of them. But yeah, I think th those two things, you know, analysis paralysis is huge. You know, it's, I can't tell you how long I've been talking to people who are worried about the what if of what's going to happen with the market and, you know, what's going on here or there. And, you know, in fact, I read a Bigger Pockets post from 2018 the other day that they thought Austin was overvalued. And no, I'm not going to buy in Austin. I'm going to wait until the market crashes for me to buy there, which crash is a, a real <laughs> hot word. But if you would have bought in 2018 and even sold today, you made a tremendous amount of money. Oh, yeah. It's so. it's insane. And one thing I want to mention was the... the um, the client of mine that we were talking about for the fourplex, this is insane. 2016, the seller bought it for the, the seller. I'm referring to the guy that sold it to us. He bought it for 380,000. We got it under contract, which means that we got the property for 685,000. That's four years. And I mean, I feel like in 2010 you would have been like oh i wish i would have invested because look at the prices now and then 2014 is the same thing and the same thing and the same thing i really say for people that are very much in analysis paralysis what 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 are your goals what's your strategy because if you're looking to buy and hold okay worst case the economy goes down and all i mean you're looking to buy and hold so why do you really care if it's renting that you're doing and cash flowing you know so obviously you will care about that but you really want to look at your long-term strategies, which is very important. And you want to have some exit strategies in case you do have to leave. But for me, it's buy and hold. So I am, if, if something happens with the, with the economy, I'm like, yeah, hey, you know what? I mean, my strategy is buy and hold as long as I can, as I can still rent. And there's about a hundred people coming to Austin on a regular basis. So it's not looking like it's going to be hard to continue renting. Absolutely. I think that's an incredibly important point. Um, if you're a buy and hold investor, hopefully you don't have a time where you have to sell. You know, if you do your numbers right, like you talked about earlier, you shouldn't have a time where you need to sell. So if next year there's a, a difference in home prices and it doesn't make sense to sell, don't sell it. You know, hold on to it until it does. And even if you can sell it, does it really make sense to sell something that's making you money in the long run? You know, having cash now is cool, but having long-term cash flow is even cooler. So, and I think you made a really good point there. You don't have to sell. As a buy and hold investor, that's not part of your business plan. And it shouldn't be, is that, hey, I'm going to buy it. And then in X number of months or years, I'm going to sell as a flipper, maybe it is, you know, you're going to sell in six months after you buy it. But as a buy and hold investor, we're blessed because we have time on our side. You know, we don't have to wait. We don't have to sell at any certain time. So if the value's down, 
just hold it and keep renting it. If you did your numbers right, you should be fine there. And if you got one of those sweet loans like you're talking about, those are 30-year terms. There's no reason you have to sell. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really agree. I'm happy we touched on that because, yeah, like we like we'd mentioned, that analysis paralysis is just very big. So, like you said, if you have three months or four months to and you want to invest, really look at your numbers and look at what's going to work so that you can be as proactive as possible for when that time comes to act on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Just make sure you know your numbers and, you know, you could talk to people like you and you'll help them figure that out. I'm sure. And, um, yeah, your biggest, your biggest concern shouldn't be of, Oh, what's going to happen if I have to sell this thing and it's down, it's, Hey, um, what am I going to do with all this extra money and these huge savings that I have? Yeah. How am I not going to let that make my lifestyle creep go up so much? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the plan for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, Andres, what's your favorite business or mindset book? And, you know, you already mentioned The Miracle Morning. It's completely fine if that's it. I just like to ask and get that out there for people. That that one, actually, if you would have asked me before, I would have said that one. Then also The Power of Now. I feel like that's a great book that I've really enjoyed reading and a lot about mindset and being present in the moment and not worrying about what happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future, being present in what's happening right now. That's a pretty important book for, for right now, especially because everybody's worried about what's going to happen in three to six months or next month or who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And that's out of our control. So that's why it's just so important, you know, to, to be present right now, what's going to happen now, because that'll dictate how you yourself, your mood is going to be in the coming days or hours. Absolutely. And just for reference, we've mentioned now as in the time right now, a couple of times we're recording this in September of 2020 amid the coronavirus pandemic and coming up on another election and just so many, who knows what's going to happen events. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Andres, how can people get a hold of you if they just want to learn about house hacking or talk to you about your experience or really anything about Austin and real estate? Of course. So my, my Instagram handle is Andres Busta, B-U-S-T-A, T-X. That's my Instagram handle. And then, there's also a website called househackaustin.com. Awesome. And Andres, my last and favorite question is, what's your favorite restaurant in Austin? Oh, yeah, this is very important. <laughs> it's uh, called Vaquero Taquero. And I, it was pretty funny, actually. Well, the first time I went, they were a food truck when I was a student at UT Austin. And I've seen them grow from a food truck because they were so popular to a commercial area now. So that was, that's really, really nice. The food's great over there. 31st street and speedway. That's awesome. So they have their own restaurant now. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Andres, I really appreciate you coming on here. Um, I always like talking about house hacking. So it's a lot of fun and you know, same as you, I'm focusing on East of 35 myself. So I've had some great success over there and it's, it's good to get that confirmation from somebody else that, Hey, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Likewise. I'm happy you think so as well. <laughs> All right. 
Awesome. Thanks for coming on and I will talk to you here soon. No problem, Jordan. Appreciate it. You have a good one. You too.